free to smoke too. I will be. Hello, I'm Eagle Gardens. Eagle Gardens one on Instagram, and this is fucking talking shit with Eagle episode two two eighty five two eighty six. Holy cow, I'm messing it all up. Have a super special guest for us tonight, Nagayo. You have seen him around the cannabis community. Right. <laughs> the cannabis community, the cannabis, the cannabis circuit, the comedy, comedy circuit. There we go. Netflix is comedy on high. <laughs> They're both one in the same, aren't they? A cannabis comedian, kind of. In other words, it's, you could describe me as well. So, <laughs> thank you so much for having or for coming on tonight. Uh, if you want to tell us uh, where we can find you on social media, Sacramento. Just ask around anywhere I am. Um, you can also go to my. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, NGAIO420. That's my handle for like everything for Twitter, uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, Snapchat. NGAIO. NGAIO. Ungayo was his name. And I'm doing a comedy show. Uh, today is the second, 18 days from now on January 20th online at nowherecomedyclub.com. You can buy tickets for the 124.20 Comedy Extravaganza inauguration special. And Margaret Cho will be there. And Daniel Rugg Webb will be there, and Atsuko Kosaka will be there, and I'll be there, and Tavi and Drea Myers will also be there. It's going to be a good time. You don't have to be a weed smoker to enjoy the show, but it doesn't hurt. Uh, cannabis makes everything better, doesn't it? In my opinion, cannabis is the mommy flavor of life. It just kicks everything up a notch. It's the it's the, it's the soy sauce. It's the ketchup of doing shit. It's the ranch dressing of doing shit for sure. So I guess. You know, when did cannabis enter your life? You know, when did when was the first time uh, you started with cannabis? I mean, my, my dad was a stoner for a long time before he gave it all up. Uh, my mom smoked a little weed. I grew up in San Francisco, so cannabis is kind of uh, baked into the, pardon the pun, baked into the culture there, right? A lot of hippies, a lot of cats coming down from Humboldt. Weed is just, weed has been de facto mostly legal in California since the 90s. So, um just like that i started smoking in college really so that would have been 1986 or so and then i got into activism shortly after that and you know and now i grow a little bit in the garage or the backyard really i don't really have a garage this is my homegrown you see it Ooh, look at that fancy smells like pine trees makes you clean the house after a small panic attack it's a mystery sativa i'm not sure what uh, strain it is but it works pretty well for me uh hey, come on and I've been a comedian almost as long as I've been a stoner. So they kind of just go hand in hand. And I wrote a lot of jokes about weed. And uh, people were like, you should just be a weed comic. And I was like, well, you know, I'll just be a comic comic. But then weed started getting more popular. So I became more of a weed comic. And uh, the same guys who didn't used to book me because I talked about weed a lot. Now they're calling me all the time. So I just raised my price, to quote Beyonce. <laughs> it sounds like a wise plan be honest with you. Sounds like a wild you know, plan. Sometimes the long game pays off. Boy, <laughs> you come right on bringing that unicorn strain that uh, I'm kind of looking for. The pines are what I'm the, the pines are the turf profile that I'm kind of chasing right now. I Who love that pine. Turf profile are you chasing? Some The pine. Alpha piney. The pine? Uh, 
Yeah, so like old school train wreck, uh, that Jack Harrer strain smells a lot like pine trees, that pinene terpene. Uh, who else has that smell? Uh, the hazes, like the lemon haze, the northern lights, they often have that pinene smell. You know, hazes, hazes have that piney smell. I, I generally associate a piney smell with uh, making me want to clean the house. And I don't know if it's because it smells like pine saw or what, but if I smell pine, I know that if I smoke that, I should get up and do something, or I could just sit still and have a small panic attack. But it's probably better if you get up and do stuff. That's one of the reasons I'm looking for it myself is it's very clearing. It clears the mind makes me very active and then if i double up on it kind of get a little greedy it tends to get me super lappy so that's one of the reasons i'm chasing the pine what are what are some of your favorite uh terpenes or flavor profiles i like the gassy stuff uh pine uh followed by the you know the fruity profiles uh but gas and pines are upon the top Skunk, if I could ever find it, but uh, finding that old roadkill skunk is uh, man, I just smoked the last of my roadkill skunk. Somebody gave me some roadkill skunk like a year ago, and I nursed that bag for eight months. <laughs> it was really good, you know. I think that uh, runts has kind of a skunky smell to it, like a good runts, it's cushy, but it leans to me, it leans towards skunk. Keep my eye out. We were talking about the runs the other day, and that's one that I haven't ran. And you know, I'm kind of I'm a caregiver here in Michigan, so I'm okay. unfortunately I kind of get locked into what's in my garden, and I don't yeah. get to the you know dispensaries a yeah. whole lot most of the time. Do you have an indoor or outdoor garden? Like, how's the growing season in Michigan? It seems like it would be short because you guys get those serious winters up there. Oh yeah. Well, I do everything indoors myself. A lot of people have stepped outdoors this year. I mean, with pretty good success. You know, something that's a little indica down seems to do pretty well here in Michigan. Sure. Uh, You're doing uh, through dirt or hydroponics or aeroponics? Well, I've went through the whole gamut of it all. I'm kind of in chunky cocoa and salts. But, that uh, was my nickname I have a- in college. Chunky cocoa? Yeah. <laughs> no way. No, no. <laughs> I was I was the chocolate mountain of joy for a few years uh, early in my comedy career. Please welcome the chocolate mountain of joy. I think I might bring that back a little bit. Uh, but no, they never called me chunky. <laughs> Maybe they should have. It would have been very interesting if they had. I am trying to work in the organics right now. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I have uh, some earth boxes going with the uh, soil, and I have yeah. uh, some amendments that I make kind of organic to make the cocoa water only organic type okay. mix. So I've got a few different styles I'm kind of running right now. Uh, do you mainly grow you outdoor? Oh, 20 uh, years. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got me beat. I uh, I mean, I like to grow weed, but I don't really, uh, it's a hobby, <laughs> if you know what I mean. I just kind of throw some shit outside and hope it works, <laughs> try to keep it watered. I take the bugs off of it as best I can and uh, 
That's about it. I figure weed knows what to do. I mean, growing weed is easy. Growing good weed is a challenge. My weed came out pretty good this year, because uh, mostly because I was home. I'm usually on the road a lot, so it doesn't get as much attention uh, when I'm gone for two or three weeks at a time. But this year it came out came out pretty good because I, you know, I managed to look at it every couple of days. But it's different growing outdoor. You can be if you're just growing for a hobby or for funsies. You can be a little more uh, imprecise than if you're growing indoor, where you kind of have to give it a lot of attention and check on it almost every day and make sure all the chemicals are good. And, and you know, uh, if you get some sort of weird calcium deficiency or whatever it is, nutrient troubles or, or a disease, it can spread faster in an indoor garden than it does outdoors, at least to me. I believe that as well. Well, I like kind of, what's one of the reasons I, I grow in tents? Lot of tents. I don't have any rooms. I, at one point, I was growing in rooms, but because of situations, I've kind of moved back into yeah. tents. I prefer that because it's a microclimate. It's something more like that. It's been out of control. It's kind of contained into one zone. You can set it up you know, how you want. Yeah, I understand. I get it. Makes sense to me. Helps keep it perpetual going too. That's kind of important to me. You Having say you keep it perpetual. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm pulling. I pull some down every month. I have you know, myself and five patients to care for. So oh, okay. I try to keep keep things. Uh, so Michigan still has the old school, even though they have adult use or recreational cannabis now. They still have the old school medicinal rules, so you can grow for patients and grow for yourself if you're a patient. Oh yes, sir. And I can add that actually uh, to the count in a way. They can't be together, but I can still have my rec count. They just have to be in a separate area. They can't be mixed in with the other. What's, what's the plant limit in Michigan? Well, for a rec, it's 12 per house. For the medical side, it's 12 per patient. Okay. So. You guys get 12 in a house. We get six in California. I can't believe you get more than us. We're fucking California. But, but you know, we also have a very long growing season. So you can grow six plants here and they can all be eight to 10 to 12 feet tall. Yeah. If you have enough space. That monsters outdoors too. Man, if you've been to some of the farms, that shit gets crazy. I have yet to be out there to California. Hopefully, yeah. I've got some invites to come out there to some nice farms next year. Hopefully, things you know let it up so I can get out there and check some of that out. Dream. We'll go really. on a little tour. It'll be fun. So it says a connoisseur. Connoisseur. Have you got to be that? What's that? That's a chronosaur. Chronosaur. Right. So how do you get to be a chronosaur? Is that just for my years of travel? Smoke a lot of weed. Uh, educate your palate. Right. Uh, learn to recognize terpene profiles. Learn to recognize flavors. Learn to recognize strains. It's harder now. I think it was easier when there were maybe five or six different flavor profiles. It was like Trainwreck, Kush, Northern Lights, Diesel. You know, you could you could pick out the variants from there. But now it's like. There's cake, there's green crack, there's wedding cake, there's cookies, there's, 
you know, uh, you were talking about how you like that gas flavor, right? That diesel flavor, but people are mixing it with fruit all the time now. So you get like that fruit gas. It's hard to tell your mango from your pineapple sometimes. So everybody just calls it tropical notes, which is great. I, I love that that weed has become kind of uh, fancy pants in that way. Like I definitely helped to push that and and and, and me and my friends because we wouldn't just like sit around smoking weed. We would, you know, smoke different flavors. You go to um, even before the High Times Cup, well, I mean, maybe not before the, the High Times Cup, because that one's been going on like 40-something years. But before High Times Cup was, back then, it was only just in Amsterdam. And so people would throw little tasting parties or little, you can't call it a cannabis cup because High Times will see you. But I threw uh, the Medical Cannabis Cup in L.A. Uh, I threw one for three years. I've thrown some tasting parties out here in Sacramento, and I've been a judge for the High Times Cup and for the Emerald Cup and, and for a bunch of other different cannabis competitions and it's great and i'm actually i'm trying um they're supposed to do they were supposed to do it this year but pandemic but hopefully next year at the california state fair they will have a cannabis competition and hopefully i'll get to be a judge it's always an honor to be a judge for one of them cups you know yeah i think do you take it serious oh i do i do i get my magnifying glass and my notebook make sure my pipes are all clean and I'm bringing my coffee beans to clear the nose. You know, you smell your coffee beans before you smell the weed to refresh your palate and water and coffee and everything. It goes, it goes great. I've never heard that about the coffee beans, about being yeah. able to like reset the palate. Really? Yeah. How, how's that, how does that work? How's it, how's, how does it clear so, the palate? So say you're smelling a strain of weed, right? You smell the weed and you're like, oh, that's pines and lemon. And I smell maybe a little bit of black pepper. And then you smell some coffee beans and then you smell a different strain of weed. So that it gives your, your brain a chance to reset. So you don't have the thought of whatever you just smelled in your nose. You just have a little coffee and it's cleared out a little bit. So now you can start anew with no preconceived notions. have to keep that in mind if I am ever lucky enough to judge the flower category when it comes back I'm around. Sure you'll get I'll throw something in California this this uh, this winter and we'll try to get you out here. I've been a judge here in Michigan twice but never for flower. I've always been lucky enough to pull the concentrate category. And, uh, I don't know if I can be a judge for concentrate because I would smoke one and then I'd just be done. I'd be like, oh yeah, that one's pretty good. I'll see you in a week. <laughs> Although I do Lucky. like the old school, like solventless cold water or the finger hash. I do like that hash. The dabs, though, they uh, I'm a lightweight when it comes to dabs, for sure. Well, it was, uh, I drew the non-solventless this last round, and it was nice, you know. It was rosin, stuff like that. Some nice couple bubble hand samples. Mostly rosin, though. And, uh, I took it pretty serious myself. One a day, clean, clean piece. And when I sat down and I tried to, as far, as far as the sample, I kind of sat down with a few people and we'd take yeah. notes. I wouldn't let anybody say anything, which is pass it around. Like, don't say nothing. You next. Don't say nothing. Just hit it. Like, and shut up. One, two, three. What'd you get? Then <laughs> kind of. Kind of seem yeah. to be I've had, there. I've had, when you do the Emerald Cup, you have to smoke like 40 strains a day. It's something ridiculous. So I've definitely had people over just to sit around and talk while we smoke weed and stuff. And some people tap out 
after five or six strains. I'm like, hey, man, we still we got to smoke a bunch more. We better have some coffee and level up or some shit. <laughs> or you can just, you know, pass out on the couch. I got snacks. So that would be pretty awesome. How many cups would you say you've kind of been a part of like that? Um, I've been I've been working at the Emerald Cup for years and years. I think I judged four, and I've judged three High Times Cups. And I was the MC at the High Times Cup once, and I judged a edible competition in Barcelona one time. And I've judged, uh, I've thrown three cups myself in LA, so I wasn't a judge, but you know, I I got to pick the weed for the competition. So, and uh, and I've thrown a bunch of tasting parties. I don't know, so a hundred or so. That's impressive. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure there's people who've done way more than me. If you talk to cats like Rick Kusick or Ed Rosenthal or some shit, those guys, man, they stay. They stay doing weed events. And I, I also travel around a lot. I get to smoke weed in a bunch of different countries, including the states. Although I've never been to um, Michigan since they've legalized the weed. I've, that's on my list of shit to do in 2021 is go to Detroit and check out the scene. Man, you gotta get to Michigan. I, we we like to think we're not we're at least second. We're at least second here in the canvas game. You're better than Oregon, because to me. Oregon grows the second best weed in the country. Oh, you need to get to Michigan. We grow some tank over here. <laughs> can't wait for, for weed to be legal everywhere so we can throw the national, take the winners from each state and throw a cannabis cup. You know what I've always kind of been proposing this last year is, you know, uh, like a, a, a turp cup, basically. You know, basically, it wouldn't be just a all-out strain. So it would be basically, you know, like a lemon cup, <laughs> a pine cup, you know, something like oh, that, like where it. all them. Super, it's yeah. almost that's almost like a uh, a dog show. Yeah, that way you could like nail you down have, the best know, of the best. You know, best Dalmatian, best German Shepherd, best Saint Bernard. Best this and that, best toy dog, and then you do best in show. So you're saying like best train wreck variant, best Kush variant, best cookies variant, best lemon flavor, best tropical example, and then maybe you can have a competition where the best of the best, and then boom, best in show or best in dro. There you go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Good one. Good one. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. So when did edibles, the the edible aspect, come into play? When did uh, you get a taste for cannabis and cooking? Um, in the 90s, I guess. I was watching a lot of cooking shows and getting into it. And um, the dispensaries were just starting to get popular and get big in San Francisco. And so there was a lot more access to two cookies and people were starting to push it. It wasn't just dump a bunch of weed into some brownie mix, right? Cats were like, well, you got to decarb the cannabis and then you can infuse it into your olive oil, your butter. And then from there you can make all kinds of crazy shit. I remember tainted chocolates, the late great Mickey Martin he used to make uh, great chocolate bars. Um, I actually had a side hustle for a minute where I would make a cannabis infused cornbread 
which seemed to be very popular. Uh, it was good for cramps, is what I heard from the women. I don't know why, but they seem to agree. Uh, and so, and so like that. And this was before we had, you know, dosages and whatnot. It was just either strong or not strong. So you had to be careful. Shit was a, an adventure every time. <laughs> but now people can can pick and choose. And I really appreciate that, that you could be like, oh, I don't, I don't like to do more than 10 milligrams or I need to do a hundred milligrams or whatever. So what is, has been your, your favorite, uh, edible to produce so far? What's been my, I don't really produce edibles. I mean, to consume. Okay. Yeah. Consume. Um, when I did cooking online, I think it was Brandon made, uh, a French onion soup, which I thought was good. There was also a waffle on there or a pancake or some shit. I don't remember. I was stoked. That was also really, really good. And anything that Andrea Drummer cooks, I'm down to eat. She's not only is she a great cannabis chef, she's just a great fucking chef in general. Check her out. Andrea Drummer, look her up. She's amazing. That's something that I hope comes more uh, around myself to where you can go and have a cannabis meal. Sit down, have a nice little dinner, maybe a show. They had to shut awesome. down the cafe in LA. They had one in LA, but they had to shut it down because of the pandemic. Hopefully, it'll open back up uh, this fall or whenever we're through this ridiculousness. That would be great. I mean, we've got a couple of you know Michigan that not comedy clubs like that where you know, and well, we have a few social clubs. Yeah, and uh, I can't. That's something we need more of. The social club is the way to go. Uh, they're one of my favorite cannabis social clubs in Portland just shut down. Uh, Spain, it's all social clubs. All the dispensaries are social clubs. So it's not really just a place to go and buy cannabis, but you can say it, you can chop it up, you can play pool. Everybody's got their own vibe. It's like having a local pub that you can visit and smoke and chill, which is, I think is great. That's the way it should be. That's the way that is the way it should be. You're correct. That's the way it should be. I don't know why we don't do it like that. Well, I do know why. Propaganda and racism. But we should really change that game around. We should do something different. It would be nice to, uh, I mean, if anything, if you were going to go in and you were uh, a little uh, negligent to what you were buying to be able to buy like a gram, go sit down. I mean, something you were on the fence about. I don't know if this is going to be good for me. I'll take a gram and go sit down in the lobby and smoke it and then come back and be like, that was great. I'll take an ounce of that. Yeah, please and thank you. <laughs> you know, That's that how was... it used to be in the early days of the dispensaries in California. You could smoke on site, right? Because they weren't just cannabis dispensaries. They were, you know, they had peer-to-peer counseling. They had free massage programs. They had all kind of different community service programs that were uh, paid for by the money generated by the dispensaries, right? So you had it wasn't just. I think one of the things we forget sometimes about cannabis when we talk about medical cannabis is part of the medicine is that cannabis is a social drug. So you smoke weed and you get to hang out with people who are also high and maybe open to vibrations and you can chop it up and you can have conversations, you can giggle, you can exchange knowledge, you can exchange vibes. And I, and I think that's something we, that we've gotten away from in this put, dispensary push where it's just, you know, it's just a drug deal. You just come in and buy your drugs and then you leave. And I think if you go back to the old school, when you would go to the weed man's house, and people joke about it being a drag and whatnot, but it's also kind of fun. You go to the weed man's house, you sit around, you chop it up for a little bit, right? So it's not just 
buying weed if there's a social aspect to it. And sometimes you got to hunt around to find a weed man whose vibe and whose house you like and whose prices were good and who had a good selection. You know, uh, things are changed, but I think I think we're coming back around. And, and as people see that cannabis isn't a big deal, smoking a joint is no different than going and having a drink or two after work. We'll, we'll get more of these clubs and we'll get more of this openness and more more uh, more opportunities for people to be social uh, in a slightly more public setting than just sitting at home smoking weed. One would hope. Yeah, it's you know it's great that people don't have to hide. Yeah, I don't know how many other of my friends that uh, I that kind of outed themselves on that in particular couch like that. Be hanging out with your guy on Friday. You hear knock on the door, you jump up, let somebody in, you'd be like, Oh, this is you'd be like, I know that guy. <laughs> and we got the same guy. That's fucking hilarious. Well, sometimes you make new friends and somebody else comes over, you're like, Oh yeah, I've seen you at a couple of bars or whatnot. And we got the same guy, so now we, we have a chance to chop it up in a neutral ground, see where our heads are at. Maybe we become homies, maybe we exchange some numbers, maybe we split a bag every once in a while, you know? And that's just nice. That's nice how it goes. I kind of miss the outlaw aspect of it a little bit like that. that I don't feel feel nearly as dangerous as I used to feel, right? You know, if you if everybody knew you had weed in your pocket, oh, that guy, he's an outlaw, man. He's just flouting the law. He's a he's a scoff law, right? It was like a speakeasy sort of vibe. But now I'm a square, right? Oh, that guy smells like weed. Maybe he works at the club or whatever. Oh, good day to you, sir. Good day, sir. So I don't know. I gotta maybe I'm gonna take up uh, MMA fighting or something to feel to start feeling dangerous again. <laughs> That's funny to me. So how much would you say that uh, cannabis influences uh, your comedy? How much does it weigh in on the comedy? A lot. I mean, I talk about weed a lot. And also, what do they say? Uh, right, drunk, edit sober. It's kind of the same way. I kind of get high and think of jokes wander around and think of jokes and then try to figure out if they're good or not. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's, that's, it's an odd question to ask somebody though. Right. Because I mean, I definitely think of jokes sober too. So I'm not just stoned all the time and, and creating, but I think I have kind of a, uh, not the stereotypical, but perhaps the prototypical stoner mindset. Right. And so that definitely my mindset definitely informs what I write or what I create. Right. But it's not necessarily because I'm stoned all the time, but it doesn't hurt. It's the lens, the stoner lens through which everything is focused. There's nothing wrong with being medicated all the time. That's for sure. You know, wrong it's actually the way the world it goes. It's funny that, uh, you know, people to even hear the lazy stoner, you know. It's not even true. Stereotype. It's not. It's I think so far from it. If our politicians were stoned instead of drunk. I don't think people realize how much shit gets done on safety meetings. You know, <laughs> the, the the roads that get built, the high, the high rises, the houses. There's well, a lot listen, of things that get done on cannabis. Get stoned and build my house, unless you're really good at it. But you know, getting stoned and coming up with new songs or new jokes or putting together shows or producing things, I'm all for it. It makes sense for everybody. 
be surprised how many houses get you know built. I wouldn't. My People, dad I don't even know if it's. He was in high every morning, so I wouldn't be surprised about how many houses were built by stoners. <laughs> What's the oh who's whose joke is it? He says uh, becoming a weed head turns you into a carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> Right, because all of a sudden you gotta build a, a closet, you gotta put those all shit together. Right, so that's how it is. Hey man, thanks for having me over, bro. Thank you for being on, man. I take thank you for taking the time to do this. NGAIO on all the social medias. Uh NGAIO420. Or just put NGAIO into your Google. I'm the third most popular room guy on the planet, and uh, I'll show up. There's pictures. And uh, January 20th at the nowherecomedyclub.com. Buy your tickets now, Margaret Show and me. It's going to be a great time. All right. I appreciate you, man. Take care. Take care. Thank you very much. My pleasure. What a great uh, guy. Thank you very much for taking the time to do this. You guys know the deal. Uh, do something nice for somebody. Brandon makes a kindness. This was a shorty, but uh, I'll be back in a in a few so thanks for everybody for tuning in for this very quick episode but very worth it Nagayo, what a super great guy thank you for taking the time to hang out uh, i'll see you guys in a few in the rap